My name is Dan, and I am weird. But I don't see weird as a bad thing, though. Being weird just means you march to the beat of a different drum. You don't fit that mold that society wants to shove you into. I'm out searching for people like me. The weirder, the better. This is my story. These are their stories. This is the power of weird. This episode of The Power of Weird is brought to you by The Spectrum Perspective, communication training for the modern workplace. Learn more online at thespectrumperspective.com or simply follow the link in the description below. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Power of Weird. My name is Dan, and I'm your host. A little bit about me. I'm 37 years old. I'm 6 foot 7 inches tall. In my adult life, I've weighed as little as 295 pounds and as much as 640 pounds. I'm sometimes too smart for my own good, but at times in personal relationships, I'm also pretty clueless. (laughs) I've been a vegetarian since 2001, and I also don't drink coffee. I'm a sought-after brand designer and leadership coach and the co-founder of a lightsaber combat program. I'm also a dad to a great 17-year-old kid and a proud uncle to three nephews, 21, 18, and 9, and three nieces, 15, 14, and 12. What's probably more interesting about me, though, is that I'm an autistic entrepreneur and business professional. A book that I read in my early 20s changed my life forever. It was called The Secret of the Shadow by an author named Debbie Ford. In this book, Debbie talks about the things that we sometimes are embarrassed about ourselves, bringing them into the light and making them work for you creating your own special recipe with the ingredients that only you have to make a difference in your life and in the world. At this point in my life, I already knew I was weird, but I didn't know about my diagnosis. I've tried to accomplish the mission she set out for me in this book every day since. I'll leave a link to the book in this description below. Part of that mission was to make this podcast, finding other people who are weird or different or who don't fit in and who are living their best lives because of it. Through interviewing them and telling their stories, I hope to learn more about myself and that everyone listening does the same. Today I talk with Eric Bedell, a life coach, touring drummer, and in his words, just a regular guy from New York. Eric has spent a lifetime leaning into his weird, doing things some would consider unthinkable, like quitting a good paying job to go tour with his band for a few months, all the while barely making enough money to pay for gas to the next show. Eric is an excellent example of someone taking their weird, taking their experiences, and making them work to help others. You can find out how to contact Eric in the description below. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to this episode of The Power of Weird. I am super stoked to have another musician on the show today. It is absolutely amazing. But this guy, I tell you, he is is not just a musician. Um, If you look at everything he's done over the years, he's a personal trainer. He's a touring drummer. He's been an educator. He's even a dog walker from time to time, which is kind of cool. And you wonder if he does that in the personal training together, right? Um, But also, if you look at his resume, he's even got that he's an Eagle Scout. Think about that. This guy can take you outside and make sure you don't die, which is a really, really helpful thing in the world. But truthfully, his main time taker uh, nowadays is as a holistic personal development coach, making the difference in the lives of people that you see every day and maybe some that you don't. But, you know, somebody like him is out there making the world a better place. And so we're going to talk to him and see exactly how he does it. Ladies and gentlemen, let me present the amazing random guy from New York, as we were saying earlier, but not random at all. Eric Bedell. Eric, how are you, man? Thanks for being on the show. Oh, I'm doing great, man. That was a that was a hell of an intro. I really appreciate that. Hey, man, sometimes you just got to make magic happen. That's how it works. 
I appreciate that. And the, the, the capstone of, of random guy from New York, I think like we were, like we were chatting about before. I think that's uh that's the pinnacle there. <laughs> hey, it works, man. Well, you don't totally have the New York sound to you, which, you know, no. I'm sure if you're in traffic or something like that, it probably comes out a little more, but. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. A couple of beers in a uh, couple of, you know, car horn honks and, uh, and it happens. Uh, the, the Long Island tone yeah, yeah, shows yeah. up, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I had a, um, I had a, a doctor, a, a surgeon from Australia on recently. And I told him like, uh, you know, we were just talking, of course, Crocodile Dundee came up just because that's what everybody thinks of. He, of course. he, he credits that for what made Australia, you know, quote, cool, unquote, back in the day. <laughs> um, and, but, and I did say to him like, you know, I, I try not to be that guy, but I guess I would be disappointed if I showed up in Australia on vacation and nobody was like, that's not a knife. Right. right. This is a knife. You, you know? call that a knife. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's, it's the same thing about, you know, like, like New York. Work, right if anybody gets up there you got to at one point at least walk out into the middle of the road and say hey, i'm walking here you know <laughs> I mean, you just got to do it it's a you know you'd be disappointed if you didn't at least almost get hit by a car every time you're in new york but 100 you know. agree especially yeah, with the yellow cab yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah those guys who you know despise uber and try to keep them <laughs> away from everything well so yeah i mean you you know um it's one of the things that i've mentioned before but it over the years when i've been in interview saying like but you know when i hit like mid to late 20s that kind of stuff people would always ask like well why have you been so many places and had so many jobs and all that kind of stuff mm. and you know one reason is because i would find myself moving to a new city every couple of years which is always fun but another is just like well you know my response is always like why, well why don't you <laughs> you know <laughs> like isn't the point of life to like learn stuff and do new things and like mm. venture out of your comfort zone and so i mean you're um you know you would definitely i think be a kindred spirit with that right i mean <laughs> oh, just yeah. like you got to get out there and do stuff oh yeah without question i mean it's um I was actually, I was talking to someone recently and I was like, I think I've had like probably a dozen substantial jobs, like the jobs mm -hmm. that I've held for a year plus, which sure, is kind of sure. crazy to think about, um, like investing that much time into something and going to something else. But uh, yeah, I mean, to your point, that's for me, right? And like, I could just wrap, like sum it up in, in like this quick example of like, mm -hmm. I am a way better coach because I've had so mm -hmm. many life experiences, mm -hmm. oh, especially yeah. career-wise. I can connect with people differently. Um, I've had like blue collar jobs. I've had really total like buttoned up jobs. Right, I've worked in right. gyms. I've worked in public schools. I've like, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. And like, you know, I've just, I've just figured out how to communicate with people differently right. as a result of that. And oh, I yeah. have figured out what I'm capable of, I think is, is a huge part of it. Well, so, you know, I always talk to folks about, you know, their personal experience and all that kind of stuff too, but I do want to dive in professionally because, you know, I have my own kind of coaching and training program that I do. So I'm very curious as far as what you do, um, when you go in with somebody, you know, what's your process? Um, how do you find and choose clients, that kind of thing? I mean, mm. have you ever came, come across one where you're like, you're just not going to listen, go away, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. You know, how does that work for you? That's a good question. Um, Okay, let's see. Where do I tackle that from? Um, so, typically, uh, clients find me, um, sure. and I mean, I'm really, I'm blessed to be able to say that. Like most of my clients have mm -hmm. come from referrals of past clients, like sure. friends, family members, mm -hmm. partners, or um, and then also through different corporations that I've worked at. Hey, this mm -hmm. guy from this department. Right. Um, so there's sort of like a like a a bit like a built-in vetting process where people mm -hmm. sort of know what they're getting into, but um, I've definitely had experiences where, um, I think it was apparent for both myself and the person on the other mm -hmm. line, like this might not be the most favorable match here. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. And 
I don't know. I guess so. Like that's sort of like what part of the thing you're uh, you're asking about, but also like what's the process? What's the process yeah, of coaching yeah. like? Yeah, I mean, what, what does that what does that look like for you? You know, when you're sitting yeah. down and getting into something. I mean, how does that work with say a new client that you pick up? Yeah, um, I mean, I, there's I to me there's really only a couple of there's very few prerequisites. Um, one, you have to be wanting to change. You have sure. to you have to be actually desiring. Mm-hmm this other thing right. uh, enough so that you are willing to commit yourself, your time, your energy, your thought. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, of course. To whatever the process looks like for you. Um, so I think that's really, that's super, that's a really important prerequisite. And there's also, I think there's a willingness to get really honest with yourself. There's a willingness to explore some things that might be uncomfortable. There's a willingness to, um, to like, go somewhere where you might have mm-hmm. been avoiding for a long time. I think yeah, th- yeah. those are the only real prerequisites when I, when I have conversations, like initial conversations, because sure. every coaching process is mm-hmm. totally unique. And I think that's what I was just thinking about, you know, just, I love, I love your show concept. I well, love the you. power of weird. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. And then that's why I reached out. That's why I thought it's be like fantastic is because I think like when I think about weird, weird to me means, uh, it means different. It means unusual. Right. It means unique. And like, mm-hmm. when I think about coaching, like all I want to do is empower people to be their weird, right, to be exactly. their unique, right. to be not mine. Not like, I'm not trying to show anyone how to, I think that's also a, an interesting thing that we can touch on at some point, but coaching mm-hmm. as and I'm, I'm sure you, you, you probably mess around in this exact sort of framework too, but like coaching right, right. for me, at least how I was trained and what I believe, like I, I'm not offering it's, it's, it's not consulting. It's not therapy. I'm not offering right, right. advice or direction. Uh, very rarely am I, if there's something that I feel like it's my responsibility to step up and say something, but uh, I'm holding the space. I'm holding the floor so that that client can figure out exactly what they're going mm-hmm. after. And we can co-create a plan to move. Right. Towards right. Um, so yeah, we live in this space of weird inside the coaching, inside the coach container. So I don't know. Well, yeah, we always talk about, you know, like leaning into your weird, staring into the skid, as it were, and kind of making yeah. it work for you. You know, I mean, that's Absolutely. the whole idea. And so, yeah, I mean, it, you know, from a coaching standpoint, just it, we spend our lives trying to be just like everybody else until we get to a certain point where that's just not good enough anymore. Mm. And, um, and, you know, and it is, it's difficult for a lot of people to push i mean we all have issues you know and um and it's it's helpful to be able to have you know you know the person on the sideline saying you can do it keep you know push through right here right there right there you know five more steps whatever and um you know it it does it makes a difference people don't want necessarily admit that but you know it is something that makes a big difference huge difference absolutely Mm -hmm. i I think yeah go ahead well sorry you first yeah yeah i mean i was just uh that that little bit of encouragement that you're talking about like hey Mm -hmm. push through um is especially powerful when, when that, when you, the person mm-hmm. that we're talking about, that's like, you know, pushing through right. has figured out like, Hey, is this thing that I'm aiming for? What I really, what, what is going to bring me to the best version of myself? Right. right? right. The thing that really is, um, you know, when I think about what it really is that I'm after in life, is mm-hmm. this going to, and then, and then you have that encouragement towards that, right. that your unique direction, I think is really like important, like a little caveat. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, it's, you know, it, it, I, I'm a big fan of, <laughs> it, I, I'm a contradiction in terms where I like to kind of plan things out, but yet, yet at the same time, especially for somebody on the spectrum, I feel like I'm very good at kind of going with the flow as well, just kind of taking things as they come. But also it's, you know, years of sales training as well, kind of give you the mm. tools to be able to kind of mold that conversation and steer whatever's going on in the direction eventually you want it to go, you know, but not everybody has that 
ability. Not everybody's able to just kind of go with the flow, sit back and watch things happen and then kind of direct the ship as it were. Um, you know, what happens when you find somebody again, because you're talking about like personal development coaching, as opposed to, you know, I come into an organization, you know, whether it be teeny tiny or humongous, and I work with leaders and managers and try to affect change from the top down and, you know, mm. with, with different levels of leadership, but you know, with what you do, I mean, you're, it's, it's much more visceral and personal and one would assume you get a whole lot more kickback because of that because you're diving into stuff that you know that wouldn't necessarily be seen in a larger organizational type situation like mm -hmm. like for what i would do yeah that's a good um what's really interesting is i i, I sometimes work alongside coaches that uh maybe have a similar a more similar approach uh sure. to you than i do mm -hmm. um in that they work I would say more on like team structure and sure, right, right, right. Uh, right. Like, yeah, like, uh, organizational communication, right, right, right. Practices that to put in place to, to improve the, the culture. And, right. um, but what's, what's really interesting. So I have like a couple, I have a handful of clients, um, in like the corporate space, like at like mm -hmm. in Google, TikTok, And what's, sure. what's fascinating is like, I actually love, I, I, it's a hard, all right, here's, here's how I'll answer this, right? It's, I think it's a harder buy-in, mm -hmm. um, especially for the executive level uh, people, because it doesn't, it doesn't quite check the, the sort of on the surface box of like quantifiable um, data. Yeah. Executive mm -hmm. coaching, right. Where right, it's like, right. Hey, we're, we're steering towards this number in terms right. of what, what's the ROI here. Right. 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 Like, right. And I totally understand that, but I think what's fascinating is that uh, after I've worked with a couple of people in the corporate space, mm -hmm. I, I get more people reach out that are looking to become better humans because right. becoming better humans makes you a better leader. Sure, it, sure, yeah. It is a is like a really is a really amazing ripple effect to watch mm -hmm. um, working on working with people at that level one on one oh, yeah. and having them aim towards, you know. Um, you know what it is they really want to aim towards because mm -hmm. like i remember i had well, one client come in and it was it was just purely uh I'm trying to figure out what my next steps are in this company right. not really sure i've been here for a long time mm -hmm. uh, i feel like i've kind of hit my ceiling not really sure what direction to go should i be looking elsewhere now it seems like a kind of sketchy time it's, it's the pandemic <laughs> right. it's like right right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah um and yeah, I mean, I mean, like two sessions in, we're we're talking like really deeply personal stuff mm -hmm. um, that changed the, I think, his expectation of how the sessions would go. Sure, and definitely changed the result. And ultimately, he did choose to leave that career and go do something mm -hmm. else. But it came from a different place. It came from right. like uh, I'm chasing this this like now I know why I wanted to leave. Now I right. know what I'm looking for, not just hitting the uh, emergency eject button. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, for sure. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question, actually. Uh, well, no, well, it's, it's a good answer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, one, and I'm curious about this, too. One thing that I find is that with, uh, well, because, you know, what I do is not necessarily something that you're going to see an immediate result from. I mean, you're going to see relatively quick results as far as morale and that kind of stuff goes. But as far as ROI goes, you know, you're not necessarily going to see that kind of data immediately. That's something that takes time because you have to, from the top down, hold people accountable <laughs> to actually mm -hmm. make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is, 
you know, for some people is going to make people leave. I mean, you are going to shed some people initially. So, you know, ROI might be way lower than what you would expect just because, you know, it might be negative for a while because like you are losing some people who aren't going to play ball, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's a, uh, it's just funny because most of the time when somebody, regardless of how hard of a worker they are, sees a program like that and knows like, okay, it's going to be something that's difficult if we're really going to dive in and do it right. They typically from the, the issue that I have is they have one of two reactions. They say, Oh, well, you know, we're struggling, you know, we're getting by fine, you know, just changing out people every so often, whatever. Or it's like, oh, well, we don't have that problem. I've never seen that before. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, just because, you know, there's because the person who, you know, gives the go ahead has to accept some accountability of like, you're not doing things perfectly, but nobody does things perfectly, but you're not you specifically, you know, it's one of those where we get in our own heads and we think, oh, well, everybody else makes mistakes, but I do things well, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So it's a, it's an interesting dilemma, you know, when you get in with these people, because they don't think w- whether they they know or they don't know they portray the you know perception that oh you know they don't think anything's wrong <laughs> yeah i mean I, i'm sure you come across that regularly oh yes yeah. <laughs> quite a bit <laughs> i mean i figure that's got to be something for you as well though where people say oh well you know i'll just figure it out i've always figured it out right definitely you know? definitely and and i think that's uh to go back maybe maybe that crosses over what kind of what i was saying before like all right what are the prerequisites mm-hmm. to like working together right and it's like we got we got to really look in the mirror Mm-hmm. we got we we have to be like we have to be willing to right. look at what it is that that we are and uh and not judge that and just be like okay cool where, where are the where are the holes that i right. can that i can work on patching right right um, after i accept that there's some holes there and like i'm just thinking about like sort of the way you were explaining the the leadership like mm-hmm. inside an organization or whatever else right, like, right. I, I i think people look at uh so it's like oh that company's amazing because they have great leaders. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think that's true, but I think it's true for different reasons. Sometimes I think people look at, and this is something I've been working on in my, my coaching work too, but like, yes, right. Being like the Mm -hmm. definition of a, of a great leader is someone who inspires and empowers others to march collectively towards this, like this, you know, this vision, this bigger thing. Um, and so this way everyone benefits by achieving this thing. Right. Um, What's interesting though is when I think about leadership, I think it, I, I, I mean, maybe this is a little starry-eyed or whatever, uh, and and could be because of my psych, my psychology background and my all of like my my adoration for Carl Jung and <laughs> Carl Rogers and like some of sure, these like sure. great psychologists, but like, um, I mean, it starts with the individual, and yeah, so like, yeah. right, if you can't lead yourself, if you can't mm. be like a leader in your own life for your life. Right. Um, it's going to make leading others really difficult. So I think when you look at a great organization that's functioning well and the mm-hmm. employees are engaged and the culture is excellent, um, I think that's the mark of the fact that that leader, yeah, they know how to they know how to externally empower these other right, employees. right. But it starts because they're probably they probably believe themselves when they say sure. Things. They follow through. They like keep their words to themselves. Like, hey, I'm right. gonna get up. Like I'm I'm doing my job. I'm going right, for a job right. five days a week or whatever. Right, right. And they follow through on that and like that sort of perpetuating self-trust and self-belief and, and, you know, honest humility. And, right. Um, right. Well, you know, I, 
I agree to a point with that. Um, just in my own personal experience, though, again, mm. and, and that's one of those where I'm, you know, I'm very open about the things that I've dealt with and deal with and all this kind of stuff. Um, for example, I'm the first person to say that I'm a way better coach than I am a <laughs> like a player at a lot of times, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I um, I have the laser focus attention to detail where I see little changes that people do. I see little discrepancies and and I can, can combine that with the ability to lead people, you know, so when you're able to take that and but at the same time, I mean, you, like like for myself, I'm six foot seven. I'm a giant. Right. But I'm also a, I'm a big guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm a big guy, too. I mean, I've weighed any as little as 295 pounds and as much as 640 pounds in my adult life. And I go kind of. But I mean, even at my biggest, I was able to walk into a room and within two minutes of starting talking to people, they immediately, they ship up and they, you know, they, they shape up, they pay attention and they know that the person talking has control of the room. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's not something that everybody has. That's not a skill that everybody has. And it does come along with being an expert in a lot of the things that I do professionally, which is helpful having, you know, a lot of lived experience as well as, you know, the learning process of things. But I think, you know, Dr. Phil, albeit as crazy as he has gotten over the (laughs) last many years, you know, he was one of the first ones who really was like, you know, fake it till you make it, you know, you have to act like you belong there or else nobody's going to take you seriously. And, you know, the one thing that I always try to remember, and especially with the whole weird concept is every single person's a work in progress, you know, and there are things that we need to do, right, to be able to better ourselves. And, you know, like somebody like me, you know, Halloween season, well, don't go buy three bags of Halloween candy, they're going to sit on your desk for three weeks, because that's just a recipe for disaster. (laughs) You know, that's not going to work. You know, but at the same time, I think it's important, you know, the whole thing of self love and and self respect, and really, you know, knowing yourself is not only knowing what you do really, really well, and being able to excel at those things, but also knowing what your weaknesses are being able Mm. to ask for help being able to understand that you might have a limitation. Um, You know who Kevin O'Leary is the uh, Mr. Wonderful Mm -hmm. from Shark Tank? Oh, yeah. You know, um, Kevin O'Leary is one of those funny guys, man, who um, I've heard him talk about his first business that went really, really big and got purchased it was an educational software business and he knew a lot about software he knew a lot about the educational system but he knew nothing about uh, distribution at the time and as opposed to now where you just go on your browser and you click download at that point they had to worry about you know putting things on discs later cds putting them in boxes Mm -hmm. making sure all the materials were there everything was sealed shipped things had to go where they were supposed to go places with more demand needed more less demand needed less etc etc and so he literally went found someone who was a logistics specialist stepped down as the ceo of his company gave that position to this guy and um, became like the coo or something like that and gave him 50 percent equity made him a full partner in this Mm. business he ran you know uh Uh, Mr. Wonderful ran the core business. This other guy ran the logistics and then they sold it for whatever gigantic, you know, millions, billions, whatever it was, this gigantic sum. And so he knew enough about his own abilities to step out of the way and let somebody else take over Mm -hmm. to make it into something huge, where if he wanted to just be the arrogant guy who he plays on TV, (laughs) you know, he could have uh, just kept it all to himself and, but it never would have been nearly the thing that it became. And so I feel like personally there are 
times when you have to recognize what you don't do well and just admit like, I'm not perfect. I don't do everything great, but know when to get people involved to be able to make up the slack and to be able to make the difference with it. I would never dream of being a personal trainer or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Um, You know, I'd never dream of being like an Uber athlete or anything like that. Not that I haven't coached different things and all that kind of stuff, you know, but, um, but again, but what I do know is the things that I do well, I do really well, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm that kitchen table closer. Like if, if some, if all, everything that I've done and people around me have done, have got you in front of me, it's through, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like that's how it works. Um, but again, you have to know what your weaknesses are in order to be able to identify what your strengths are. And that's kind of the whole thing of steering into your weird and, you know, kind of steering into the skid as it were, embrace the things you're good at and that make you unique. And then, but in order to do that, you do have to understand where your drawbacks are. Um, Again, nobody's going to be perfect all the way across. I guess that's the, you know, kind of what I'm getting at is that there's not always a, just because here, I'll put it this way. Give an example. (laughs) Big giant autistic guy. I can look at like a business, right? And this is the same way I'm with music too. You may identify with this where I can like, I can take a look at a business plan or a marketing plan or a brand a strategy. And, and I do the same thing with like scores, with music, with chord charts, with, uh, you, you know, with classical scores, all this kind of stuff where I literally kind of like fly above it all and I'm able to see all the different little pieces. And then I can zoom in on any one particular little bit that needs attention. I can pick it out. I can find it. I can fix it. And then I can kind of zoom back out to again, see the big picture. And so big, complex, you know, strategies, tasks, all this kind of stuff are super simple to me. Like, like, that's just how my brain works. That's how it's wired. That's what I can do. It's stuff that most people would find terribly difficult, but man, if I'm not horrible at like, Hey, I need to throw that away. And that dish needs to go in the sink. Like, man, that shit's hard. (laughs) You know, Um, I mean, it's really hard. It is actually like a very big challenge. Like uh, on my personal list of financial expenses, a housekeeping team is like high on that list, you know? Um, And again, I know that's kind of dumb, but it's like, in my opinion, anyway, in my experience, you have to be able to take the good with the bad about yourself or you're lying to yourself. And it's just going to blow up in your face later. Oh, yeah. Oh man, I, there's like I I mean I'm I'm sure you're like maybe you're looking over here like I'm jotting down notes because I got like 30 places I could respond from and I'm like sure please yeah the most meaningful here like what makes the most sense for like what we're talking about um, that's the thing man it all makes sense that, yeah that's, that's the, the fun part there's so there's so much that you there's so much that you shared that I think is like really really great to talk about um, the first thing because I'm trying to think how how you know how do we get here of like um, you know it, it, I think this kind of like came out of okay uh you know mark of a good company is that a, oh, yeah. a, a leader leads the, themselves and right you're talking about like hey listen like i'm a great coach that doesn't necessarily mean like i'm doing the best stuff right correct personally. Right. i'm yeah, paraphrasing yeah, yeah no yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah 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 but um but i think that's the first thing i want to touch on because i think that's such an important little like uh i don't want to say disclaimer but an important thing for people like for anyone that listens to your show mm-hmm. and anyone that thinks about coaching oh, like, yeah. to understand is that uh when people think about like, and, and I think it's especially um, alarming when people think about the, the, you attach the word life coach. Um, mm, sure. Right. People think like, oh man, like, right. Like, like this right. guy either must have it all together. 
right. and everything, right? They everything they multi-millionaire, do. Right. you know, everything. expensive car, picket fence, two yeah. and a half Un- kids, right? Unreal morning routine, right? Yeah, family exactly. life is perfect. Big business. Hour of power. Wake up at five. You know, yeah, that kind of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, which, like, maybe they do, but like, but. <laughs> right. But being a coach is so much more than anything like that. Mm-hmm. And and I would love to hear your perspective at some yeah, point in this sure. too. Cause like I think it's about what you just said, the ability to recognize things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's like one of my strengths all uh similarly to at least how I heard you explain it. Like I yeah. can I can identify themes and patterns, mm-hmm. and maybe that comes out of being a drummer, thinking <laughs> about stuff like that. That's at least probably there's some definitely some parallel lines there, but sure. Um, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that as a coach you are like this exceptional, unstoppable, Instagrammable bullshit. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it might just mean that you have practiced skills uh, right. of holding space and oh, yeah, yeah. practicing non-judgmental observation. And like, um, I, I just, I, I kind of want to like throw that in there. Cause I think that's yeah, really, sure. like the way you said it was really important. Um, but I'm also <laughs> thinking that like, <laughs> I'm thinking about like uh, something that's really, really cool that you're talking about. Um, I mean, Bruce, Bruce Lee said, said it like, I think one of the best, at least of like semi-contemporary thinkers, sure. we could mm-hmm. talk about like all the, all the, the big, great old school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, the Plato's, Aristotle's. Yeah. yeah I got but you. Bruce Lee, uh, you know, says like all knowledge is self-knowledge. And I think like something there, like if you dissect that, it's like it, it, looking at what are you, what are you strong in? What are you weak in? Mm-hmm. Um, like you, you place the, uh, let's see, I'm trying to land this plane here, but like <laughs> <laughs> you, you, pl- you, you place a description of what's good and what's bad on like what you're strong at, what you're weak at. Right, um, right. And like you said, I think it's really important to say, to look at yourself honestly. Right. Um, maybe that's the crux of this is right. Where do I excel? Where do I not? Where am mm-hmm. I weak? Where are the places? Um, and I think what's, I'm trying to tie in this other thing that you said, where we we're talking about, like, like you know doing dishes and like cleaning right, this stuff yeah, up yeah. whatever that's hard mm-hmm. it is yeah but if something's hard it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not good at it it doesn't mean that you're you're weak oh well sure it, right right yeah, it, yeah. it offers it offers some insight into like really drilling into like well why is that hard right like what about yeah, that sure. is hard and you probably have a good surface explanation of like well uh i don't like whatever i don't like cleaning up this stuff this is boring i don't find any return on this for my for my life <laughs> like whatever, i don't know you can have right. a million things i because i have i have plenty of those uh sure, sure. <laughs> well the deeper definition for me literally is that um one of the things for me of being on the spectrum where the wiring is different than most people's would be is that if there's something that holds my interest if there's something that i have an interest in i have a i have a laser focus when it comes mm. to learning about that and being able to do that and to just kind of soak up information and i hang on to it in perpetuity like i have almost perfect recall with stuff that i have an interest in um i can remember conversations i've had with friends or co-workers or, or classmates or whatever going back as far as I can remember that I can remember like it's yesterday. Um, but mm. the thing is, is there's um, with things like that that are things that don't hold the interest of the autistic mind and in particular in my case. Now, granted, some people that are on the spectrum are like clink, 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 <laughs> you know, which is fine. That's their thing. But for me, it's more of like my brain is already on to solving the next 10 problems that I'm going to encounter over the next few days. Mm. And it just doesn't even occur to me <laughs> that something needs to happen over <laughs> here because it's happening. Well, and again, I mean, it's 
it, it, I mean, obviously if I go and kill somebody and say, I just wasn't interested. So I left them there. Like, that's obviously not an excuse, you know, but it is one of those, again, it's it, being aware of how you are is one of those ways that you make yourself better, but it's also yeah. one of those ways that you are able to kind of live a happier life. You know what I mean? Like I'm mm. never going to have the cleanest house in the world unless I have like 42 people running around that I pay every day. And that even then, <laughs> you know, there's going to be something, <laughs> but it's one of those where like, I am fine with that that's one of those things where i'm fine mm. with because what i do makes it what i do makes a makes a difference in the world and it makes things better for other people and you know that's my priority there are a lot of people out there whose priority is go to work nine to five have a perfect house and you know go to the lake on the weekend and if that's your bag good for you man go mm -hmm. kill it for me it's not you know what what makes me happy is getting out and doing what i'm doing that's what is fulfilling in my life is you know engaging the world and making it a better place hopefully one listener or interview at a time or one client yeah. at a time whatever it is but that's it again <laughs> but in order for me to do that i have to know like okay these are the things i'm good at again if i if i were to go out and try to like start a made business i could brand it up i can make it look really good but when it comes to practical application and how it's actually going to function dear god that is not what i'm good at <laughs> you know and again it's just it's a and i'm not saying there's not room for improvement there's always room for improvement but there is something to be said for living in what you're good at and what makes you unique and, and special to, you know, I know that word is so overdone in the snowflake generation, but, you know, figuring out really who you are and what you can contribute to the world and then doing it, you know, mm -hmm. and understanding that you have shortcomings that you can work on, but you, you know, you are at this point in my life, you know, I'm 38 years old. I've gone through so many different gyrations with different people. I have mm. high standards for the people I keep in my life now, whether that be people I talk to on my podcast, whether that be people who I go to lunch with people who I see every day in my office, regardless of what it is, even family people, that kind of stuff. I have high standards now. And, and that's one of those things for me. It's like, you know, I have high standards and part of those high standards is you must understand that I am who I am <laughs> and I will understand that you are who you are and I'm never going to expect you to be different. Mm. Right. I'll help you change. I'll help you grow. I'll help you learn. I'll help you do things. I'll be your biggest cheerleader, but I never expect you to be anything other than who you want to be, you know? And that's, again, that's something I require from people that I have around as well. Um, so the, the last bit you just said, I think ties into this <laughs> other thing that caught me. Because, like, man, I, I love chatting with you. It's fun. It's yeah, like, yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, all right, I just got to buckle in and pay attention because there's like a lot of good stuff here. That, uh, <laughs> but like two things you just said, I think actually I didn't expect them to, to line up. But I think that's there's the power of weird.com, people, just in case you're wondering where to get more of that. Yeah, um, that's it. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. No, no, you just got to you got to plug it whenever you got to plug it. Um, what you said of expectations of people in your life, mm -hmm. I think has some relationship to this thing that you also said when you're talking about like the maid service and, or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. or like, uh, I, I think the way you said it was like, I'm never going to have the cleanest house and I'm fine. Right. With that. Yeah. And yeah. that is, that's the critical component here is I'm mm -hmm. fine with that because here's the reality, right? Like everyone can, you can, li you can listen to all of the most successful people tell you what are the things that you should do. Mm -hmm. and then, right. Right. And that's great. And there is some merit to paying attention to those tasks and right. things, whatever. However, if you are being honest with yourself and you don't think that that is going to add value to your life, you don't, mm -hmm. it's not going to bring you closer to the person that you wish to become at some point to, to, to the person you want to show up as. Right. And then, and, and you can use like mm -hmm. your words, I'm fine with that. Right. This is not, 
Yes. Cause that's, that's <laughs> self-awareness, that's self-honesty. Right. And like, there's a difference, right. And, and I think this is like important. There's a difference between like that. And when someone says, um, you know, something like, uh, cause I've worked, so I've worked as a personal, you said personal yeah. trainer before I've done mm-hmm. personal training for about 15 years, mm-hmm. uh, on and off part-time, full-time bounce around, done solo work for gyms. Um, and I still utilize training to my training background to some degree with some of my yeah, sure. clients. Um, but there's something very different, I think, in the aspect of when you have a conversation with someone that is that like, you get the sense that they really want to change their lifestyle. Sure. But they say things like Adam, like, but look, I, I, I need to have the balance. Right. I don't want to do this or that. Like, and, and like, I don't really think like it's going to be that big a difference if I do this. Sure. Um, that's different. That is like, that strikes me and it may not be, but it strikes me <laughs> often as like, are you being completely honest with yourself? Mm-hmm. Can you listen to your conscience tell right. you that you're okay where you are exactly in the position you are and you, you're not striving for something else for yourself. Right. And if the answer is yes, then live your life, man. Like do your thing. Right. But right. if the answer is, uh, I know I'm capable of something else and I want that something else. Right. And it's, then it's, then it's time to, then it's time to talk about like, cool. Well, here are some right of the weaker, like right. to go back to the conversation about strength and weaknesses. Here's something mm-hmm. is now, how do we take, now do we, how do we make a 1% improvement in that? Right. How do we like figure out what you can put into play today so that you mm-hmm. believe you are capable of taking actions to get. Right. Well, you know, one, a big part of my, kind of, you know, I've always done things my own way. That's just kind of being that that's the whole weird thing. You know, you grow up weird. You just kind of do things as you are. You just get through basically amounts to getting through the best you can, but you find your own ways to be able to do it. Cause what works for other people don't doesn't necessarily work for you. Right. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I learned along the way though, was that there's a very big difference in society's expectations and other people's expectations versus what your expectations should be. Right. In mm. some ways, society's expectations for somebody like me are totally different and, and, you know, and focus on things that are not necessarily are things that, you know, can be important, but are not necessarily things that are the most important to me. Um, you know, but I have my own expectations for how I do things, for how I treat people, for how I mm-hmm. act, you know, um, and, and it, it's one of those where I feel like because the world changes so fast that if you are constantly just trying to meet everyone else's expectations of you, you're going to constantly run in circles and you're never going to be fulfilled and you're never going to do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And you're never going to really understand why you're not happy with the way your life is because you've been living it for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And and that just is, that's something that I see all the time. And I I just can't condone that, man. I mean, like, that's not okay. It's, I mean, the, the key word in that whole, in that, in that whole bit is expectations. Right. And like, um, you know, there are ways that expectations can work to, uh, fuel you to, become, oh, yeah, for sure. Like to do, to do the things you want to do that bring them. I mean, and there, there are, there are ways that expectations are going to hold you back mm-hmm. from, from the things that you are, you are capable of right. achieving and you really want to achieve. Um, yeah, I, I I think that's like a that's a huge that's a huge component here mm-hmm. is that idea of expectation. Oh yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, again, it's it's where is it coming from? You know, I mean, again, because the end result is no matter how many times you reach the expectations that are set out, if they're not your expectations, if they're somebody else's, you're not going to get the you're still going to have that empty feeling in the pit of your stomach. You're going to still have, feel like, uh, you know, I just went through all this work and what for like, mm. you know, okay, Jimmy Joe Bob over there feels good about it, but what did it do for me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I feel like for somebody like yourself, that's probably what you help people get to is you have to realize like, well, okay. So is this an expectation you have for yourself? Is this something you really want? Or is this just mm-hmm. what you've heard other people say? A hundred percent. I mean, literally that's, that's where I was, where I was trying to go with this idea of expectations and you're like, you're talking about where, mm-hmm. Is it coming from? Yes. Like, and, and I think this also ties back to the idea of, you know, being a leader of self Mm. It creates great leaders. This, when you are honestly looking at your life Mm -hmm. and you are honestly taking like a a really good assessment of where am I at? Where do I, where would I like to be? What kind of path am I looking to put myself on? And then creating the like the best possible damn aim you can create for yourself mm-hmm. if you're aiming towards that, it is impossible for that not to be beneficial to everyone else that comes in contact with you. Oh yeah, for sure. It is, it is, it's a guarantee that when you aim towards your highest good, you are you are creating a ripple effect in the mm-hmm. collective, in the let's the the word that's coming to me is like the the ecological impact, everyone else that's in your ecosystem is affected positively mm-hmm. if you are aiming towards your highest good. Right, right. And so like, yeah, create your own expectations for your life and live to mm-hmm. those. Don't like minimize the the expectations that are coming from outside. Right, or right, like right. let them come from outside, but then put them through the filter. Like if someone right. says, you know, you have to have this amount saved by this age or whatever mm-hmm. the rhetoric is which right. you know there's some truth to to, to, to financial planning sure. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like um but there's some truth and there's some degree to that and you get to put mm-hmm. it through your filter of like cool now what do i make of this what's really right. important to me um yeah i think that's the first step too to people kind of becoming truly their own person versus somebody who just kind of follows everybody else you know um like like for example there was this one time comes to mind where um I was dating this, this, this girl who, um, you know, just, we hadn't been dating very long. It was just kind of, it, it was not like a boyfriend, girlfriend type thing. It was more casual, you know, which is fine, consensual, all that kind of stuff. But I went to pick her up from a party one time where she had been drinking a lot. And so I picked her up from this party and she's like, Oh, well, we're we going back to your, pl-? I'm like, no, I think I'm just going to take you home. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? And so, you know, I went and she was like, well, are you sure? You know, you came and picked me up. I'm like, no, no, you, you need to, you know, you're, you're definitely not with it right now. You need mm-hmm. to go, go ahead inside, you know, have a good night, all that kind of stuff. I'll talk to you later. And then, and, and, you know, and that was it for me, like that, mm-hmm. just, you know, she went home, you know, you know, went inside I went home. All kind of, I mean, fine, perfectly fine. 10 to 15, 20 years ago, that would have been something that people would have like seriously made fun of me for. Right. Mm-hmm. Like guys, especially. Right. And, and some girls too. be like, yeah. well, Hey man, no, you, you should have, you know, you went and picked her up and she was game and all Yeah. But she was wasted. Well, no, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. um, you know, and so, you know, back in those times, which is not that far removed in the past, that would have been something where the societal expectation would be like, oh, well, you're just a pansy for not closing the deal, you know, sealing the sure. deal or whatever. Right. Yeah. And but, you know, if you take that, say now, then it'd be like, well, of course you took her, you know, you, but for me, it just was like, 
I'm just not comfortable. Like, like that's not who I am. <laughs> right. That was the bulk of my decision. Mm. It was not about how other people would look at it. I just was like, I respect this person as a human being. They're a little bit beyond what, you know, they're not really in control of their faculties right now. I'm just going to, you know, just take this person home and, you know, and, and again, it, it's all, it's all about if that situation happens at different points along the line, the expectations of society would be extremely different for how you would handle that. Right. But, yeah, you know, it, it's just one of those things. But for me, that was the only decision that was there because that was true to my values. That was just, that's just who I am. Right. I, I would assume you'd probably be the same way. Um, but again, it's one of those things where you have to look at and that's a perfect example of, you know, things change fast, you know, and in the mm -hmm. lifetime of a person, whether that's, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years, these things change radically, <laughs> radically in that amount of time. And the only I, I mean, that's one of those things for me that I just tell people like the only expectations you should have are how you are based on your moral compass, not what everybody else is telling you. Well, First off, I, I love, I love that story. I love that example because mm -hmm. this is how I hear that is like, uh, despite the expectations from your immediate culture, right? Like you chose to listen to your conscience, to right. your inner, your inner, uh, you know, voice of reason, truth, right. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. right. And what's interesting about that is like you were saying, right. 20 years ago, that there people would have been like uh what are you doing man like you didn't uh you, you, that was a layup you could have right helped. exactly yeah, but yeah what's interesting is that i bet even i mean because this 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 is this is why what you're talking about i think is is important when we're when we're talking about uh creating your own expectations and living to mm -hmm. what's important to you and what makes sense to you and what you think is right is because even at that time maybe your immediate circle or the 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 let's right, say right. The, the mini bubble uh you know mm -hmm. that of, of, of your your the sphere of influence influence around you right right might have been the majority in the boat of dude what are you doing that was right, right. but i'm i'm positive there were still subcultures throughout oh, yeah. even like you're not not even like that distant geographically right you, right right that would have had a different view uh that would have supported what you chose right to do. right right and 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 i guess what i'm what i'm trying to say is at any point like it's almost impossible to say that the entire collective of everyone Mm -hmm. does this and this is something that's like i think come to light in the last like 18 months to sure. two years right right with social media kind of like um shining a spotlight on mm -hmm. the you know putting people oh, yeah. on two sides of a fence um but like it, it becomes really important to remember that even if it sounds like what you are thinking is mm -hmm. supported by this culture right is it still what's right and important to right. you like listen to your conscience it, it is mm -hmm. like well, I, think I, are, I remember yeah. and i remember my early 20s i lived in a little college town um athens georgia which i absolutely loved it was a great town it was i was only there for a few years but absolutely loved living there it was a lot of fun um but i remember it being like just a party at my like apartment complex's pool right and mm -hmm. there were a bunch of people running around all this kind of stuff and it was a conversation between some some of the other guys where like it was the like there's always the one guy at the party that's like looking for the drunk girl right like at that point and so it was the whole thing of like and, and you know and you hear the guys talking like oh well yeah well i'll hold her hair up and i'll you know do all this when she's you know but you know later on <laughs> and it's like 
come Damn. on, man. Like, yeah. but again, that at that point, like these guys were around other women and stuff talking to, and the women were like, oh, well, yeah, well, she, you know, she's the drunk girl at the party. That's, you know, and that was the social expectation at the time. And again, that's yeah. not that long ago. And, and these aren't, to, to be honest, even with the podcast of being as open and straightforward as I am with stuff, these are never things that I've necessarily brought up. It's not mm. like I'm trying to get a, an attaboy or whatever. For, it's just one of those where it, it really is, you know, it's it's all about making living up to how you feel you should be, right? Because nobody else yeah. really, at the end of the day, nobody else's opinion matters besides yours. And if you can live with yourself, you know, at the end of the day, that's what's important, or, or for me anyway. And I figure with people working with yeah. you, that's something where, you know, <laughs> you know, that's probably important to them at the end of the day too, is being able to, you know, go to sleep at night and not, you know, and be able to do it without you know constant memories of horrible things that they've done before that's really yeah it's interesting i'm trying to think of how to um i think there's a big there's a there's a big thing here of talking about i said i, I said the word conscience before and i think that's like mm -hmm. really really important because even in that like athens party example oh yeah yeah if you isolated every one of those people i bet mm -hmm. you I bet you that the vast majority of them isolated outside of the cultural social right. expectation influence would be like, this is screwed up. Mm -hmm. What we're doing, right. What we're talking about right here is screwed up. Right. Like, like I, <laughs> it's like, it, it, it does, it does show paint a picture of how important your environment is. And True. right. And that's why like getting really, mm -hmm. really aware of who you are, right. Pros, cons, right, right. strengths, weaknesses, you know, all the good, bad, and ugly, that's how you're going to be able to navigate the social influence so that whatever environment you walk into, you can be operating mm -hmm. out of your best, right, out of right. what's, what's true. And then, but, and something else that I, <laughs> I right. <laughs> something that like just coming to my mind is when we're talking about like, and this is something that I, that I, I was actually curious to like be on the podcast to talk about. Cause we're like, you know, your concept is talking about, uh, like own your weird, like, right. Oh, like, yeah. mm -hmm. and I think what's interesting is there's growing up and I like, I, and, and I, I did, I was thinking about this tonight when I was like getting ready to, to hop on with you is I was thinking, you know, part of the things that I thought, like, like I was kind of weird and I owned it, let's say when I was in high school, mm -hmm. um, I look back now and I realize that some of the things that I felt like I was like, I was like, ah, like, screw it. I'm owning my weird man. Like, uh, right. I'm just like, I'm, I'm being right. me. If I, if I look back with a real honest lens, um, I wasn't, I wasn't entirely owning my weird. Sure. I, right. I, or, or I was, but I wasn't doing it for the sake of just being myself. Mm, right. I was doing it. I would, there, there's, I think there's a, there's a temptation to own an authenticity or uniqueness, mm -hmm. especially when we talk about like, again, I'll just use the idea of social media where like everyone today mm -hmm. is like, Oh, what's my personal brand. It's like, dude, come on. Like, no, yeah. you know, what your personal brand is, is be the best person you can be. Right. Um, like you don't have to like, you don't have to have your hair dyed mm -hmm. seven colors in order to stand out. Like right. you don't have to get butt implants and go on Instagram. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And look, <laughs> like if you, re if that's really calling to you and that's going to bring you closer to the person you got to be, like, do your right. thing, right? Live your sure. truth. But, right, right. but also is that really that important to you? Right. Like your character, the mm -hmm. con like, I mean, that's that MLK man. Like the content of your character is, is what defines you. And that is like, that's where you're a little, like you're, you're weird lives mm -hmm. um 
and that's what you can really own. I think some of, maybe I'm, maybe I'm referring to more of like the external stuff. Cause I think about some of the, the stuff that I was, you know, mm-hmm. air quote weird, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like in high school, like, um, I look back on now and I'm like, yeah, that was part of a subculture movement. Right, right. Like I was heavily influenced by, by, uh, punk rock, emo, hardcore. And Mm -hmm. so there's like different aspects of my personality that, um, you know, like, but like how, what was, what was me? Right. What was really me? Right. I got you. Throughout all that. Uh, Yeah. I always, um, I always tell people, you know, cause when I was a kid, I was like, I always look at like, I was weird enough. I tried to like, not get any weirder if possible, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, like I was in, I, I was in like, you know, band and, you know, big band and show choir and, you know, all this other stuff. I, uh, you know, I read comic books as a kid. I watched Ninja Turtles on Saturday mornings, all the same that stuff, you know? Uh, and <laughs> it, it, it's like, uh, my nephews now are 21 and 18. Right. Okay. And they're, you know, I'm very close with my nephews there. <laughs> you know, big part of my life, but they, you know, like I'm doing a round table discussion in a few weeks called like weird and young. I'm literally sitting down with their whole little friend group of like six or seven people and just oh, talking to them great. about it. Oh, it's cool. Yeah. yeah it's well, they've got, I mean, <laughs> like I was at a con. So um, another thing that I mentioned briefly, but I haven't gone into today is that I'm the co-founder of a lightsaber combat program. Um, I'm the geek and brand yes. guy. And my, my co-founder is a fifth degree Taekwondo black belt. And so uh, we were at this uh, con and now, Nashville last year. And, um, and I managed to, I got some passes for my nephews and their friends and they all came in cosplay. <laughs> like they were a D and D party in cosplay to the point where like my younger nephew, who is an inch taller than me, he's six foot eight and he's 18. Um, he wore like a Templar knight outfit with full chain mail and helmet and, you know, bastard sword, the whole thing. People literally like, were asking like, are you on stilts under there? And he's like, no <laughs> you know <laughs> but like they're all into it right they're going and playing magic the gathering and you know video game tournaments also that kind of stuff and when i was that age it was like you know there was a there was a fine line of like how weird and nerdy and all that kind of stuff mm. you could be and still kind of be I mean, you were never, if you were weird, you were never one of the popular kids, but you could like, it was, def- there was definitely a tier. There was a hierarchy at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and my nephews now ask me like, well, you know, you'd really like D and D or you'd really like magic or whatever these other things. And I'm like, and, and it's still, even though I, you know, have really dove into what makes me crazy and weird. I, I still have this little block in the back of my mind for some of that stuff of like, the last thing I need is people to think that I'm sitting in my basement, <laughs> <laughs> you know, doing, and, and even though like it, it's perfectly acceptable now you know it's for, for you know these kids are all yeah man stranger kids stranger things happen and people are like oh cool you can like figure out how to kill like multi-dimensional beasts right. because you're a magic player in your basement right uh, right exactly you know <laughs> i mean like, it's just yeah no I, I think what you're saying is real important um like you know we can we can talk all we want about about you know stepping into who you are and owning it mm-hmm. and, and letting that that freaky weird fly and, oh like, heck, yeah but it doesn't there's part of reality that is like hard to ignore the fact that like yeah like when we're and and we're talking about like the guys at that party Mm -hmm. and like um like your surrounding environment the subculture the 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 macro culture around you like that plays a huge role like what you're saying like Mm -hmm. you might you might love magic you might love yeah yeah but this thing kept you from doing it because right. because you and 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 I think it I don't know there because there is some interplay where um, 
I don't know, you know, playing part of the social world is mm-hmm. also part of becoming, uh, you know, like learning, learning your boundaries and whatnot too. But, um, I don't know. I, I think that's just like super important to point out. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the environment it allow either either empowers you or mm-hmm. di- disempowers you right, to, right. to really like own it. And I think as a whole, a lot, a lot of at least let's we can at least just say like American culture has oh, yeah, yeah. sort of moved into the mm-hmm. you know the champion and the the, the, the cheerleader position right. of like yeah, like do your thing, like right. be you, and that is. That is kind of cool. Like it is, is, yeah. Well, like yeah. when I when I first started the podcast, um, I was talking to my mom about it, who just turned seventy two a few weeks ago, and nice. she's like, "Happy um, birthday, mom!" Yeah, yeah, for real. Um, and <laughs> she just was like, "Well, do you have to call it about weird? Like, do, do you have to have that in the name? Does that have to be part of it? People are going to think you're making fun of them." And I'm like, "It's not like that anymore, ma. It's not. <laughs> it's not like that." And then, but then you flip it around, and you know, I have my two nieces who are uh, well. I've said this before, but they're they're my sister's best friends little girls um my sister's best friend was pretty much kind of raised with me and my sister she definitely is considered a third sibling if there ever was one so the girls i consider my nieces you know and so i, I was sitting talking to them at one point and i was like yeah well i'm doing this podcast and they're like what's it about i'm like oh it's about weird being weird and you know all this stuff they're like oh can we be on can we be celebrities can we be part of it like this is so cool <laughs> you know we want to be guests <laughs> and and i'm like sure <laughs> you know but this that just goes to show this big generational shift you know where you know, here are these kids who are, you know, going into high school age and, and like, they're all about it. They're like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, and then there's my mom on the other end is like, but that's mean. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> that's, it. that's, that's interesting just to look at. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a, there's, it would take forever to, to pick apart all the, the many layers mm-hmm. of, of where those two different perspectives come from. But I would right. take a stab at saying probably a big one is just, is just, you know, time and right, right. generational uh you know culture like what was that what was the culture like right. that your mom you know was oh, yeah, surrounded yeah. by and grew up in versus versus them like um well i think the that's fun really... part is my mom would be cons- was always considered like radical for, for okay. her age group like always 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 like mm. like uh you know talk too much was way more assertive way more <laughs> you know uh like like just that that her nature was always what they would consider weird you know um, yeah. always very much the the bold kind of strong personality that women weren't supposed to be at the time and, and that's what cracks me up about them like really <laughs> like really you're the one who's gonna say that you know like <laughs> she this is the person that my dad was raised uh, roman catholic and when they were gonna get married you know in order to do it in the church um the 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 uh partner who is not catholic has to go through like these different like classes and, mm, and different things mm-hmm. like that to become catholic to then get married in the church and um they tried that <laughs> my mom went the first day she got sent home said she asked too many questions and that she wasn't allowed back <laughs> i mean this is the person who's saying like but it's gonna be mean but yeah it's it's, it's just crazy uh yeah i mean but also a testament to how i mean to just the uh hmm, the impermanence of our characters too right like her, her what what she needed i mean that's the thing what did she mm-hmm. need out of her life what what I think also what's interesting, and, and this is something we could talk about, and I just I'm I'm feeling my coaching and psychology background just like <laughs> showing its showing its uh sure, showing sure. itself again. But you know, like where is the desire to be unconventional or weird coming from? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, like what's, what's really the aim here? What's the goal? Is it to, is it to mark my territory? Is it just to, to plant my flag so that, right? Like this is who I am. So I, I, I mean something, is it to, is it just because I don't, I, I genuinely just don't like what this, mm-hmm. you know, cultural movement is it like, right. What's the intention behind like being weird, being, uh, and I well, think it depends yeah, on the person, man. A hundred percent. It's too, super, yeah, it's super unique to the image. Well, and and the whole thing is though, is that everybody's weird is different too, right? You know, I, I mean, <laughs> if it wasn't, it wouldn't be weird. Well, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, geez, see, I'm such a band geek. The joke of um, why do drummers never get tickets for parking in handicapped spaces comes to mind. Um, I say you can put your sticks on the dashboard and they'll let you be, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it's probably a little outdated nowadays, <laughs> but but no, just things like that. Like, I mean, everybody's got their own experience. Like you have your nature weird and then your nurture weird. We all have both, you know, and it's kind yeah. of figuring out what your combination is and how it's going to, you know, what you can do with it, yeah. <laughs> you know, basically. <laughs> may have to edit that last no i love the drummer joke out yeah oh i was one of my band directors favorite in high school when she wanted to make fun of the drum line and marching band (laughs) the funny thing is i mean as a drummer like i uh there's plenty i mean this is funny too because like i I know your the podcast isn't uh I don't, I don't know if this season is like video, but whatever you got. Right, yeah, yeah. This is a t-shirt with, uh, with drum rudiments on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. Da, 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 I didn't think da, da, about da. that until we, we started talking. Oh, wow. It's it. a paradiddle on the first yeah, line. Exactly. I like it. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's like all, it, and also great. I love, I love that you picked that up. Uh, this is, this is, uh, this is, um, I Thomas don't know all the rudiments. I just knew some, but yeah, that's, that's a big one. That's an important one to know. I think. Uh, Thomas Pridgen, he's like, uh, he's one of my favorite drummers. He like, probably most notable uh, for people listening to this. It, it was his time in the Mars Volta. Um, amazing drummer. And this is his shirt. It's like all his, it's his handwriting. And he's like, he like writes out rudiment stuff, like on all his drum heads nice. uh, periodically. And so he just, okay. yeah. Um, but I, I just bring it back to like, it is interesting how sometimes like when you, like the, the category of drummers, mm. there are, there are some, consistencies between the personalities that choose things um so i am just we'll we'll get to what i just sent you here in a second go ahead continue yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) no i just think i I, maybe that maybe that drummer joke is outdated but maybe it's not also right there right there are like there are there are reasons that people that certain people gravitate towards certain things Uh, (laughs) but yeah, if anybody out there listening knows a band geek, go and ask them about how many uh, people that play a particular instrument does it take to screw in a light bulb? You got some very interesting answers. Um, <laughs> just saying, like tuba players, I play tuba. I'm, I don't drink, but I, I, I play tuba amongst other things. And the joke for tuba players is, you know, you get one to hold the light bulb and the rest of them to drink till the room starts spinning. You know, I'd be the one <laughs> holding the light bulb, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But anyway, oh, well, no, I, I just, in, in reference to your your shirt that has a paradiddle on the top line, um, we're starting starting we're launching our official like power of weird uh like like merch and that kind of stuff and so the first thing that we're doing is this thing that i just sent you here in the chat if you want to take a look at it it's called yeah. the portrait of weird um we're gonna do uh we're doing posters t-shirts stickers and um canvas prints of this year if anybody wants them but oh i love this <laughs> what's the what's the qr code go to i love that oh that goes to the website itself yeah oh, everything's sick. qr code driven yeah 
Well, I also, I have a, um, we're putting a wrap on the back of my truck that has a two foot QR code from corner to corner. So when I'm sitting in traffic, people that stare directly at my tailgate can just, (laughs) and they can listen to the podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. But anyway, just again, so yeah, so we're, you know, again, really trying to lean into it there. You got but, it. <laughs> no, I, I dig it. I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking like, I don't even know that many rudiments. That's just cool that that's the one that was on the top that works. Yeah, you picked it out. I mean, I wonder if, I wonder if that was intentional on his part. He's like, I'm no, probably, like, yeah, I'm gonna put this, you know. Right, uh, right, right. But even still, I wear this shirt <laughs> fairly regularly, probably more sure. often than I'd like to admit. Uh, <laughs> and it, it is very, very rare that somebody's like, oh, nice. Sure like drum rudiment shirt like right, very right. Yeah, yeah, yeah um so you got it you got well, it i was i was a theory nerd in high school i did like ap theory one in uh, oh, nice. like my junior year you know in, in high school like first year college theory my junior year was always arranging and writing stuff and all this kind of crap That's and uh, and so yeah and so that was one of those where you know again i didn't know everything but i there there are a few that i do know there are other ones that i know the names of that i don't remember what they are uh Radamacue, I believe, is one. Some other random, <laughs> random things. Um, again, paradiddle, though, I picked that up right. Like, I mean, you just have to. For people who don't know, paradiddle is it's right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left. It's it's just this endless right. pattern right, of left, yeah, right, right, paradiddle. Right, yeah, it's like right, it's right. like in the it's in the 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 rhythm of the of the word itself. Right, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that's how I I was reading his shirt and I said, oh, paradiddle. The, <laughs> the irony yeah. is like you're talking about. We're talking about. I just bring kind of pulling <laughs> like we were talking about before you hit record. We're talking about like the 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 art of the callback. And oh like, yeah, for sure. Right, and like I'm thinking about we're talking about strength, knowing your strengths and your weaknesses. <laughs> right. And it's funny because like I've been playing drums for 20 years. Bro. All right. Uh-huh. I've been playing drums for 20 years. I guarantee you can read more drum music than I can read. Well, I guarantee it's possible. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I know my weakness. Like I'm a, I'm a field drummer. Like I learned how to play drums with headphones. I didn't sure. have money for lessons. I got you. I like taught yeah, myself. Yeah. was like, mm-hmm. figure out how to play this. Um, hey, let me tell you though, my feet will not, they refuse to go on alternating beats uh, when I'm playing a kit though. <laughs> it just does not work. Like the interdependence of, of limbs is like, it's hard, man. man it, it, <laughs> is, it, it is. is. <laughs> those, uh, those, those, uh, dream theater, death metal type folks, especially who are doing like, you know, oh, yeah. 30 second notes on the bass drum, all this kind of, yeah, that just doesn't work for me. <laughs> uh, it's not something I can pull off. <laughs> Orchestral <laughs> percussion is a different story. When you can read music, you can do mallets and also the kind of stuff, you know, snare drum symbols, whatever. Yeah. But, uh, um, now, kit drumming is a whole different ball game. It's a very different skill set. Oh yeah, you know, I, I will play with people who play drums. I will play something else, but <laughs> that is not my bag. <laughs> Again, yeah. knowing what you're good at. No, I was going to say, you got to know where you're at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you don't want a guy in a rock band if all he can do is doom, 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 doom. Like that's not the guy. I don't you know. Want, you know, Meg, Meg White made the white stripes happen, and like that was like. <laughs> It was nice and nice and simple, straightforward. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chad Smith can do that too, but he also can do other stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh, I uh, love Chad Smith. Yeah, I do as well. Have you seen his drum off with uh, Will Ferrell? Oh, I don't dude, remember whose show that was. The on, first, but that was great. It was on SNL. It was amazing. It was, was it? I thought no, it was on the Tonight Show, wasn't it? On like, I think it was. On, I think it was SNL. Uh, I think it was SNL. I could be wrong, but oh, I mean, I. It was amazing I've, yeah well and they yeah. do look just alike too yeah I mean, that's just a creepy yeah <laughs> very strange very, like two people i would never pick to be like yeah right. they'll, they'll look the same uh, right they do <laughs> <laughs> oh man see well yeah of course he, what's his face will ferrell busted out a cowbell at the end and he's of like course. i win you know but yeah well the classic uh, blue oyster cult right uh, exactly oh man that's that's that is classic <laughs> 
yeah uh, it's cool see this like i said i haven't had a musician on in a while man it's pretty cool <laughs> you know funny enough i actually have a friend of mine he was the first scripted episode on the show you'll have to go check it out but he's cool. a um he, he's this like death metal always is finding like these obscure bands with like the cringier the name the better absolutely mm-hmm. loves them but like his regular day job is he actually answers the phone line for like the suicide prevention hotline which Whoa. is cool like he's a lifesaver you know like in the most Literally. true sense of the word yeah, yeah. and i um, love this guy to death though we used to work together mental health but he's like six two, long black hair big guy tattoos gauges the, the whole nine you know because and he's into all this stuff and he actually i like to say he, he kind of fell into um but he does a really good job he fell into writing um indie horror movie scores like film scores um but interesting he's, he's not a trained musician though like he yeah. learned guitar to do more like effects and different things like that like like he's not somebody who you're going to put a chord chart in front of and they're going to have any clue what's going on but he does these amazing scores for these movies it's very cool it's uh, honestly like i'm i'm equal parts impressed and not surprised yeah. and i think that's it's just like yeah. there's something you know and, and i've had many conversations with, with people that are classically trained they're yeah. like exceptional musicians and they'll mm. uh you know and this is not this is not across the board this is not oh, like sure. a, right, a, right. a rule but there there's more people that have talked than not that are like you know I wish I could do what you do. And I'm like, right, what? Yeah. I'm like, dude, I just like, I hit stuff and like, I try to make it that, like in time. And, right. But there is, yeah, there's something to be said for like, um, not learning. And maybe this is like a good sure. way to tie back in. The weird part is like, not like conventional mm-hmm. is like right, right. learning how to play unconventional or being weird. is like feeling how to play, like sure. figuring it out. Yeah, by, yeah, right. Like, like your buddy was like, uh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna make some music. And then some, People are yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. Yeah, like do this for my movie. Right. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. All the um, his episode, the links to like his his different like he's got the album online where you can buy it actually from his first movie. Oh, cool. Um, and some other stuff, but you can like go and check the stuff out. It's very cool. It's a uh, <laughs> crazy guy too. He he wants to be abducted by aliens, which like he legitimately said on the podcast, like that's no joke. Um, he uh, he told me though, whenever he gets abducted, when he gets back, he's coming on the show. We've got like an exclusive to talk about it. Um, which <laughs> you know, and he's going to be on our conspiracy theory roundtable coming up in a few weeks, so that's going to be fun too. But uh, it's it's just you know, <laughs> let's let's uh let's hope he gets abducted before the roundtable. Well, it's so this spe- way, well right, yeah. Well, he specific, can, he can it's this, like one specific set of aliens. He doesn't want just any aliens. Like it needs to be these specific ones. But oh, you know. I love that. Yeah, it's I, cool. I love, I, hey, I love the guy to death, man. I wouldn't trade him for the world. But it's a, uh, oh, it's good stuff. But yeah, if he gets abducted before the roundtable, then he can come in with some expert information. You know, that's exactly very right. Cool. So he was actually um, him and some friends went to the Mothman Festival in West Virginia. If you know about that, no, what, it's what this. Is this? Uh, Lord, I don't remember the whole story, but like there's this whole there's this town in West Virginia where this 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 creature called the Mothman was supposedly sighted like back in the day. And is this, like is this what like the Mothman prophecy film is based around? Maybe I'm I'm not hundred okay. percent sure. I mean, you can literally Google like Mothman West Virginia and, and okay. it'll give you all of this different stuff. I don't remember all the details, but it's a uh, but I mean it's all it's interesting. And like they were there like checking out all these sites and all this, and you know, even gave them a shout out on the uh the, the power of weird Facebook page, like you know, best of luck to you know, friend of the show, Greg Bennett, as he goes out and search for the Mothman and hope he gets abducted by aliens this week. You know, <laughs> good luck, man. <laughs> you know that kind of thing but uh yeah hey but it, you know again like he he doesn't have any kind of classical training at all he just loves death metal and and just picked up a guitar one day and was like oh that's interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> you know 
I am, you know, it's funny with music. I feel like I, uh, well, so my sister, my older sister was a, uh, it still is an extremely talented instrumentalist, um, very much into, you know, like classical symphonic type of stuff. And so when I was coming through, you know, it, it was one of those where like, oh, hey, that's, you know, Kelly's brother, <laughs> you know. And so I tried to set out to do stuff a little bit different. So, you know, I intentionally kind of veered into, you know, recording and big band and, and, and you know, uh, and jazz in school. Mm. But then, you know, guitar and, and you know, rock and, you know, rhythm and blues and all this other more like popular stuff. And, uh, I, you know, I'm grateful. One of my uncles is a studio bass player here in Nashville. He actually oh, nice. showed me how everything worked um you know brought his little four track task cam recorder and you know yes. showed me stuff and all that Classic. recorded yeah it, it is it is so so i'm grateful for that but you know so i kind of leaned into the to, to more of the more of the less more of the informal side of music i guess mm -hmm. like i enjoy the formal stuff too like i'm good at that as well but but the other stuff where there's more there's there's more uh, collaboration when you have say a garage band right mm -hmm. than if you're sitting in a jazz combo reading out of a book or whatever the case may be there's a lot mm -hmm. more collaboration because you're you're creating things right now granted you might be reading tablature or something like that you might be doing a cover or whatever but there's a lot more going on than you know what you would have in something where you just have you know a few monophonic instruments and you're just running with it and i always really enjoyed the fact that like you can really get into and again not to say that i don't enjoy the other stuff too because i do but it's really cool when you just kind of get into a groove with people and you kind of are just discovering new music stuff that'll has never been there before that'll never be there again that you're mm -hmm. in that moment with you know and that is just kind of for you guys um that's just something you don't get you know uh, you know, granted, no piece of music will ever be performed the same way twice. Not exactly, you mm -hmm. know, but it's still going to be the notes on the page, the rests on the page, the key signature, the, you know, the, the, the time signature, all those kind of stuff are always going to be the same as mm. opposed to when you're doing, you know, it's something about creating something, whether it be for a fleeting moment or forever. Like, it's just cool, man. <laughs> you, you can't oh, yeah. really, I mean, that's a high unlike any other. Yeah, there's something. I mean, I mean, you hit the nail on the head like, with, with the word collaborative. Like mm -hmm. when when you can take. Uh, I mean, it, it's funny because even th there are some similarities between you, you take. Let's say you take a you know a, a, a trio that is playing some written music. Like it's a written sure. piece, and there's mm -hmm. parts, and they're playing parts, and like there can still be some creativity and some some oh, life yeah, that sure. gets breathed into it based on who's playing. I mean, that's mm -hmm. like. But you take then a trio and it's uh, it's like, okay, um, I'm going to kind of play this. And then the person's like, I guess I'm going to kind of play something like this. And then right. the person's like, I guess mm -hmm. I'll play it. And then there is like a, um, there is a, there's something like really amazing that starts like to sprout when right. you are figuring out, well, okay, cool. I need to sort of play this a little differently in order for it to make sense with what you were doing and vice right. versa. And uh, yeah, there's something there. There's something really beautiful that that's hard to beat. That's why I've been that's why, like, I, I have lost jobs because I've gone on tour uh, uh, sure. many. Um, <laughs> I've missed, I've missed, uh, you know, birthday parties, weddings, mm -hmm. uh, lots of events for like committing a lot of my life to playing music. I don't sure. do it as much anymore, but I get it. Still, yeah. Yeah. But like, that's why there's something mm -hmm. so magical about this idea of creating something. And it's not just, um, yeah, it's like, it's, it's breathing. 
it's it right it has a life of its own even if it's been recorded before uh right yeah because well, it's like, not um, written in tab or at least at least for well, us right song. right yeah well like um it, it, you remember the song jaded by aerosmith of course oh yeah well so i remember hearing an interview right after that first came out with steven tyler and they were like this is so different than anything else you've ever done i mean this is you know this was coming on the heels of you know walk this way and you know and all this other big stuff that they had done which of course they kind of reinvent their sound as they go anyway sure but they were like this is just so different than anything we've ever heard from you and like why did you guys put this on your album and steven tyler's like it's just the best groove that we've ever like that we've ever played and it's so much fun mm-hmm. we could play it for hours and hours and hours it's just great mm-hmm. um and and they were like oh okay <laughs> like i mean that's the answer you want from a musician right but it's just uh like that's cool i mean that really is that stuck with me you know because you, again they've had so many great you know charts that they've all written together and they're like no nah, this is just the most fun groove mm-hmm. to play that we've ever like we mm-hmm. just love it and i'm like all right yeah that's cool. <laughs> you just lean into that yeah you're like all right uh well, there's also like a, a some another level component of that, which is like when talking and I, oh, here we here we go again. We'll do a little another uh, callback when we're talking about <laughs> right expectations. Like yep. when you have fans or uh, reviewers or whatever, and they're like, "This doesn't sound like your stuff," and you're like, right. "How do you know?" Like it is, <laughs> it's it, right. it, but it is it is our stuff, right? And, exactly. And um, it's really interesting because like you you have to you make. I mean, I, I've I haven't had the let's say privileged fortune of having to make that deep decision because I've never made much of any money playing music. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but, but like, I know people that, uh, right. that have like really substantial deals and, uh, and it's like, well, you have to toe the line of right. you know, playing to the expectation of the people that will buy your records because they love what you have done already. Right. Right. Exactly. Versus like, you know, as an, as an artist, most artists aren't satisfied with just continuing status quo of their own stuff. It's like, let's push the envelope or, or let's, mm-hmm. let's not even try to push the envelope. Let's just, let's just write. Right. And, and put out yeah, what we write. Yeah. And, uh, right. and some, yeah. Well, it always crack me up. Um, there's two other examples I can think that were very controversial at the time. Um, one, which is an underground example of the band Sugar Ray. Like oh, yeah. that they always had, you know, much harder music. And then they release every morning, which is this almost bubblegum rock, you know, song, but goes crazy, huge, like big hit on the billboard crazy. charts. I mean, you know, but all their hardcore fans are like, you guys sold out, man. Right, right, and right. they're like, weren't we charted? What the hell? What's wrong <laughs> with you? You know? <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's yeah, the, the example I always think about too is uh is like prior to, I don't know if it was, I don't remember the first single. Uh, but when Johnny Resnick started singing, like he, they, they had like two or three massive hits in the Goo Goo Dolls. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, uh, and this is probably pretty telling that I can't even remember the bass player's name right now. Prior to that, <laughs> the bass player sang more songs. Sure. Yeah. And, and then people were like, wait, who's that guy? Like we, we just want Johnny <laughs> right. Resnick and, and right. their music, I think changed pretty drastically. It used to be like mm-hmm. way faster, way more aggressive. Right. Right. Um, little gritty, like the bass player's got this yeah, kind of, yeah. like a kind of gritty voice. And, um, but it's interesting. Yeah. They were, that's also then, then we're, we're drawn in the, the, the semi undeniable influence of mm-hmm. money. And, oh yeah, for sure. And what happens when people are like, cool. Yeah. But also if Johnny doesn't sing the next three singles, right. they're not going to make any money. Right. And, like there's something <laughs> that's true uh, it's there there's a lot to that um 
Well, you know, there's the flip side of it too, though. Like uh, Ray Charles comes to mind where, um, you know, he made the big move from his first record company to go, uh, I don't remember where he went, but the deal was, is that he, when his contract was up, he wanted to own all of his own masters mm-hmm. and his existing record company is like not a chance, <laughs> you know? So he went to these new guys where he had complete creative control, owned all his masters, everything. And then he released Georgia on my mind, which was such a stark contrast to anything else they had ever done, but it was one of the most beautiful things. I mean, you go from, you know, I got oh, yeah. a woman, which is just a guy on a, you know, a, you know, rocking a stride piano, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, and, and, you know, and you've got, you know, mess around different stuff like that. And then, but he goes then to this big orchestral, this full room, just grand thing. And, but that was, you know, he did get paid to do that, but that was also because he finally earned the right to have that creative control. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. Well, there's, I, yeah. You know. <laughs> I was say, you're, you're, you're crossing the X and the Y axis at mm-hmm, a perfect right. center point right Agreed. there where it's like, it's like, Hey, you want to just like do whatever you want. Oh, also you want to do it and make more money doing it. Right. Have the, have the <laughs> option or the right. capability to earn more of your own and, and keep your own. That's a, that's a, that's a yeah. really amazing spot oh, to, yeah, yeah. to put yourself in. I mean, yeah. Well, you know, my, my world now, it, it, it used to be a lot of musicians, some of which were crazed and some of which weren't, but that's just kind of how musicians are. <laughs> um, but, you know, nowadays my big, my world is mostly, you know, entrepreneurs, which I see like being mm-hmm. musicians as well, you know, cause well, oh, professional yeah. people who go out and are making a living doing music. And, uh, and because again, like the whole thing is if you're an entrepreneur, you're steering into your weird so much that the, the regular system doesn't work for you. You need to make your own thing go, you know, you're mm. taking what you do well. And, and it's neat to be able to see, you know, once an entrepreneur gets to a point where they can kind of turn the corner where, you know, Hey, now you are doing it your way and you're making more money than you were before doing it, mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of thing. And, um, you know, from a brand storyteller type perspective, I mean, that's the, that's the dream of being able to see something is you start with somebody, you help them kind of communicate with their potential customer base, who they are, what they do, why they're there. And then they take off and just turn it all into gold, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so cool. And the thing that I love is between the mediums of say, you know, YouTube, Spotify, and podcasting in general, you know, musicians have become entrepreneurs a lot more than they used to be, you know, because you've got all of these original content creators. Now, granted, they might be just as terrible as the people who were never signed before, or they might be just as brilliant as, you know, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, but it's one of those where they can get their stuff out there without anybody having to rubber stamp it to say, yes, you can, you know, Mm -hmm. which is just, ah, and granted, they might not necessarily be making money, but at least they're getting yeah. it out there, you know? Yeah, I was I mean, say, that's just, that's cool. You got, yeah, I mean, you know, that's going to curse. It's like, right. you know, with the, with the, with the immediate availability <laughs> and, and how cheap it is to like have your own oh, recording yeah. gear. Right. Um, anybody can put out a record, but like when anybody puts out a record, like how many of those records are like decent? Oh, right? yeah, like talking sure. about your strengths and like, <laughs> there, there's something unique about it and that's right. beautiful but like uh well, that's where the whole free market system comes in it's like right hey you can put it out there you might not have the millions of dollars in marketing to put it out there you might ha- not have the money to put yourself on tour and have you know taylor swift is your main you know act and you're her lead in so you get a lot of attention like it doesn't necessarily work that way but you can at least get get your art out there one way or another which is yeah i was gonna say i was gonna say man that's to me that's it's still it's still a win overall because it it means that more people can experience the the 
the sensation of mm-hmm. putting something into the world. Right. That, you know, once was nothing more than, than ethereal thought, you know, right. and then it was, and now it's, there's like, and especially when you, when you, man, I remember the first time I had, well, cause the, the first time I ever put anything out was obviously like it was on a CD. That was the, oh, era. yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. And, and they were all actually, they were all CDRs. They were like, yep. we, right, right, we, that's it. We burned them all ourselves. <laughs> Wrote um, with a magic marker in your best handwriting. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Like, it was like my, my like guitar player wrote them and he had like, mm-hmm. his, it, it looked like he wrote backwards. It was <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but then the first, I'll never forget the first time I was holding a vinyl that, um, because that was like, it, it definitely in the punk, at least in the punk circuit that I, that my band still plays music mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I think actually in a lot of subgenres, like vinyl mm-hmm. has come back because it's it has. it's something you I mean let's let's face it, right? You're talking about a commodity that you can't pirate. You can, right. It's something that someone can it's a I mean it's true. It's it is it's some type, it's it, it's a some type of an NFT. Right. right? If we right, want to use right. like uh, yeah, yeah, sure contemporary uh, ideas here, but because well, it's something know, tangible. There I, I do have to say too, just speaking as a purist, I guess. I appreciate the clarity that um, digital recording has brought. So yep. you really can hear the definition in detail. Definitely. But there is something to be said for one of those old, um, you know, one microphone placed strategically in the room to catch all of the different sounds and parts, analog recording that has just that little bit of hum in the background and then it picks up on the vinyl too, you know? Totally. There, there's just something about that, that it, it's like if you're a big reader, the smell of, you know, when you crack a book open for the first time and you smell the paper, you know, it, it's that kind of thing of like, you know, like I said, I appreciate all of the rest of it. And, and, and it's very cool that we have this digital network where people are able to get their art out. But it is unfortunate that we lose a little bit of that, you know, homespun, homemade touch, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean it, 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 there's I mean, we could we could wrap around this for a while, but like there's oh, yeah. also something about like when you the experience of putting on a record mm-hmm. um, is something that's uh, the, the other strength it has is that it's really foreign mm-hmm. to what digital music offers, which is like, True. so you, you can, you can bounce between genres in, and you can listen to three seconds of a song and right. go from, go from like, you know, deep country pop to like new metal mm-hmm. in the click of a button True. and your device plays the same thing. doesn't matter. You, right. You put on a record, you are, you are making a commitment to be present. Right. For this thing to play through the whole right. side. Well, that's a, that's one of those things too of you know the 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 discussion about full length albums versus you know EPs and singles and all yeah. this other kind of stuff yeah, too. Yeah. You know, back in the day, it wasn't cost effective to put one song on a record. <laughs> you know, right. You, right. Know, you put a whole album on there, and then you know, and then you would have to, of course, if you didn't like something, you'd have to like try to find the next little line to be able to put the needle on. You know, all <laughs> that kind of stuff, and it never really worked. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it's also I, I guess our short attention span nowadays. You know, as people has something to do with that of like people don't want to take the time to you know sit down and listen to an album or to you know to do all of that and which you know i mean there's some <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> you know kind of like if you have it easy but but it is true it's, it's an experience like we don't have those experiential type things anymore because of the digital age which is one reason i'm glad vinyl's making a comeback like you said i mean it's, yeah same mm-hmm. absolutely yeah it's cool, man. Yeah, see, it's, yeah. yeah. Have, did you see that thing that was on Shark Tank a few years ago? I think they called it, like, the rock block. Oh, yeah. And 
this is this is how we can we're we're blending we're blending analog into uh mm-hmm. into digital right, right, yeah. ma- matrix level stuff of like <laughs> yeah yeah you know you know how i was reminded of the rock block is that i got cookied for a, an an advertisement on instagram last week for the rock block and it was <laughs> and that's it awesome was, yeah and it was like the, you know they were showing footage from when they from were shark tank right shark yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to have to check right now and see if the rock block is on Amazon. Cause if it is, I'll put a link in the description here. Guaranteed. It still is. Oh yeah. The rock block record. Did, was that, did Mr. Wonderful go in on that one? I don't remember who, who <laughs> owned it. Somebody, I think maybe it was Mark Cuban or no, I think it was um, Robert Hershevik said like, I want a hundred percent of that. And I want you to work for me for like five years, creating other stuff. It, it was something to that effect. Um, yeah, I know. Like, that's a pretty cool, you know, let's see. There's apparently rock block something or other. That's not, I'm going to have to find it. So it's a, it, I'm, I'm not seeing it on here, but I know it's around somewhere um, oh, yeah. for people who don't know what in the world we're talking about. This really brilliant kid came up with this concept of this little block. That's no more than maybe an inch by an inch, you know, cubes that has basically a record needle on the bottom of it. You set it up on the record. It, it sits just nicely on there. And then you connect it via Bluetooth to like speakers or your phone or whatever. And then it plays <laughs> the, the, it just like kind of does circles like instead a- of the, it's like a like a Roomba, right? It's like a, exactly. it's like a Roomba yeah, yeah. for a record, <laughs> right? It, like it's like ice skating on the record. The record doesn't move; it moves around. It's very yeah. cool, but um, but yeah. So if we can find it, I'll put the link in the description below for everybody to be able to go there and check go. them out. There we go. Everyone, everyone, start buying vinyl again. Let's do this. Yeah, for real. <laughs> and, and go to places like. Do you guys have McKay's where you're at? That's like a gigantic used like book and music store. No, uh, not that I'm familiar with. No. Okay. Well, there's a um, there's a there's multiple locations in Tennessee, and I'm sure other places as well. But imagine like a grocery store sized place with all used like books video games music um yeah so each one of these places has easily a 40 foot if not more section that's all vinyl and they'll have new releases and old stuff like used stuff and all that it's it's very cool damn yeah we we definitely have nothing like that in brooklyn well i tell you if you ever make it down to nashville man we'll have to uh you know show you some of the interesting Some little weird things that you yeah have we'll be in the doing world. yeah so yeah anyway but you know like i said that'd probably be something you'd be into they have a whole floor of music i mean like literally a whole floor of just music yeah so yeah yeah, it's cool so um one of the things that i do when i start to kind of wrap up a conversation is um i have a question that i ask everybody that comes on um i tell this a little bit of a story it's for for folks the way i look at it is everybody's every episode is somebody's first episode right so i explain kind of why i asked the question um i was engaged to an amazing woman for four and a half years who i'd also known since i was like 18 one of my favorite people in the world, even though I irritated the fire out of her sometimes. And um, she passed, well, yeah, so she passed away a few years ago, though. So I, mm. I and um, she was one of those people who she was actually adopted at birth and she um, never really felt connected to her adopted family. She always felt like they just really weren't the family she wanted. Um, I should correct that. It, it was, you know, she never really felt the love and support from her family that, you know, she needed as a child. And, you know, and it's just one of those things that, you know, not everybody gets that. I know that. But instead of just kind of rolling over into a ball and, you know, shoving all of her feelings aside and just trying to escape it all, she went to college. She got two master's degrees, one in community counseling and one in school counseling. And then for mm. the last 11 years of her life, worked as an elementary school counselor in what we call in Tennessee a Title I school, which is low. Mm 
low income, which is okay. one that's hard to get people into. And for those 11 years, she spent every extra dime, every extra minute that she had making sure that all of the kids that were in her school received all the love and attention and support and affection that she never got when she was a kid and has made a difference in mm. countless lives because of it. Um, so long story short, when um, she, her favorite quote that she, uh, once I started doing like imprintable stuff, like team t-shirts and stuff like that for clients, um, she wanted on absolutely everything, t-shirts, bags, hoodies, <laughs> you know, her car, all this kind of stuff is the quote attributed to Gandhi, which is the be the change you want to see in the world, which mm -hmm. I mean, obviously is a pretty important sentiment, especially in today's divided world. It's pretty important, but um, in honor of her, and also because I like the way I've kind of co-opted it, I always ask guests. And so the question for you, Eric, is what is the weird that you want to see in the world going forward? Mm, first of all, that's like a, a, what a, what a beautiful story and what a good way to, to honor her. And I appreciate, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh man, what's the weird that I want to see in the world? Yep. I mean, maybe the weird is the change. Maybe, maybe, maybe the Gandhi enough. quote is like, it's, it's right there. It's like, what's perhaps still a little weird mm -hmm. is for people to, um, I think it's so easy for us all, uh, you know, if we happen to be privileged enough to have access to the internet, and I think mm -hmm. it's so easy to become obsessed with, um, comparing ourselves to what other people have, um, our results, our material items are, mm -hmm. um, you know, looking at, you know, there's a, there's a million things that are possible. And so there's always a sensation of, uh, like nothing will ever be enough. Um, right. and I think then maybe what I would say is, is if people could choose to, uh, to, if there was a, a slight increase in the mm -hmm. amount of presence and mindfulness that people brought to them, to their own lives, I think that would go a tremendous way towards everyone being a lot more appreciative of what they have and creating sure. a really beautiful ripple effect of, of that kind of like showing up in, uh, you know, at scale in like the collective environment of right, right. people being more present. So maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe it's, maybe it's presence, mindfulness, consciousness. Um, that would be a beautiful, weird change. Uh, <laughs> no, I <to> agree. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Well, and, and again, I know that, that that's something that's an intentionally done towards the end of the episode also. So that way, if you're somebody who's new to the show and you, you know, are a guest that, you know, you don't see it coming necessarily, you know, so you have to think <laughs> about it. So, um, but yeah, so I appreciate that. That's good, man. That's, that's yeah. definitely, I mean, that's spot on, you know, the, Thanks, the whole, man. um, the whole point of the show and, and granted we do some silly weird stuff as well. I mean, I've had all sorts of people like, you know, I, I've had a few people that are like psychic mediums that are like, Oh, well, do I qualify as weird? And I'm like, well, we'll figure out how to work you in, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um, so we definitely, you know, have the fun part of it too, but what it's really about is featuring people who, you know, they might be a celebrity, they might be, you know, just a, a regular person that goes to work in a factory, whatever the case may be, uh, they, they could be anybody. Um, but by featuring these people that, in my opinion, at least, are doing exceptional things that are mm. steering into their weird, taking what's different about them and making the world a better place, 
you know, and by showing that this person could literally be your next door neighbor or the person, you know, in front of you in the grocery store line, I feel like, you know, those people that march to the beat of a different drum can show the rest of the world that everybody has the potential to be exceptional and they can all do it their own way. Mm. And I definitely think that, uh, you know, you're an example of somebody who, you know, people should be looking at and saying, Hey, check it out, man. That's a paradiddle shirt and he's making the world better, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And so, um, you know, it, it just from myself, you know, kind of speaking on behalf of the rest of the world, thank you for what you do, mm. making the world better. And it's definitely something that I hope that people listening will take note of. Um, I think what you do professionally is very cool. Again, you take your um, your experience, your unique um, set of circumstances and set of knowledge and information and wisdom that you have, and you make a difference in individual people's lives. And the one thing that I always stress is that you don't have to make a difference in everybody's lives to make a difference. You just have to start with one and you do what you do one at a time, making the world a better place. And then those people then spread that message on. And that's really a legacy to be proud of for sure. So um, again, that's very cool. And we're definitely glad to have you here. You fit in with the club very nicely. (laughs) We eventually will have jackets. It'll probably have my face on them as well. Um, Anybody out there who haven't seen it yet, go to the uh, powerofweird.com, click on merch and check out the, uh, the portrait of weird tea if nothing else it's a it, it's you'll get a pretty good kick out of it and um you know and if you feel like emblazoning myself in a barack obama-esque pose um on your chest you are more than welcome to buy one or three or five and rock them out all the time um so anyway that is going to wrap us up for today thank you so much to eric um before we uh, get everything closed out man how do people find you if they want to get in touch yeah. Well, first of all, thank you. I, I appreciate you having me on the show, man. I appreciate uh, that sentiment and and those For super sure. kind words. Um, yeah. The probably best way to find me is my website, ericbedellcoaching.com. Uh, super easy. You can shoot me an email. It's eric at ericbedellcoaching.com. <laughs> <laughs> can't get a little bit, can't get much easier than that. Uh, my Instagram handles the same, same thing, ericbedellcoaching. Um, that's the best place to, to, to start. Uh, if you're, if you're, if anything I said resonated with you and, and you're interested in, in having a conversation uh, to talk, talk about what coaching might look like for you and how that might benefit you to, to get through some of the things that you are looking to get through and get to places you're looking to get through, I offer complimentary discovery sessions. So you can book that right through the website um, and I'd be happy to, uh, to honor it. And uh, definitely please, if you book it, please please tell me that you found me through this show. That would mean uh, <laughs> very cool. Well, and, and you do remote and in-person type situations as well. Yeah. Primarily remote now. So yeah, like wherever right. you are, no limitations, easy to okay. do. So uh, even if they got a little sniffle or something going on, they can still reach out on the website and they'll be that's fine. That's it. That's okay. it. Sniffle away. Sniffle away. We're gonna. <laughs> yeah. Whether you have the vaccine or not, you're more than welcome to go onto the website and you're not going to get sick and you're not going to get anybody sick. Perfect. All right. Well, very cool. Like I said, um, that's going to be it for today, everybody. Thank you so much for uh, listening to The Power of Weird. Thanks again to Eric Bedell. I did get the last name right again. Oh, right? you crushed it. It's okay, perfect. perfect. Thanks again to Eric for uh, being on the show. And thanks to all you guys for listening. We will see you next time on The Power of Weird. Thanks so much, man. Thank you for listening to The Power of Weird. This episode of The Power of Weird was brought to you by The Spectrum Perspective, communication training for the modern workplace. Learn more online at thespectrumperspective.com or simply follow the link in the description below. Make sure to stay tuned for more of my story, as well as great interviews with amazing weird people. And remember, be the weird you want to see in the world. We'll see you next time on The Power of Weird. Oh, hey, everybody. And one more thing. Don't forget to check us out over on Patreon for exclusive perks and content. 
You can get special shorts and clips, behind the scenes bonuses, a monthly AMA with me and some special guests, and don't forget that great feeling you get by helping an independent content creator make the world a better place. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.